Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hour number two of the Monday edition of the Bruce Uli Show starts right now. It is January 8th, the year of our Lord, 2024, and I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. You can read our stuff at theohiopressnetwork.com. I'm going to go to the phone lines in just a moment, but before we do that, I've got to tell you about our friends at the Freedom Foundation. The Freedom Foundation helps free government employees from union bondage. And they do that through a website called optouttoday.com. That's optouttoday.com. When you go there, you will see how simple and seamless it is to opt out of your union. And you might be surprised. You might be thinking, I can do that? Absolutely. Supreme Court said, Supreme Court said so about five years ago in the Janus v. AFSCME decision. They said if you're getting a job with the government, you don't have to join the union to get it. If you have a job, you don't have to join a union to keep it. And if you have a government job and you're not in the union, you don't have to pay union dues. You know why? Because they found that unions are politicized, government unions. So what happens is the union bosses take your dues and they bankroll them. They roll them up and give them to these uh, politicians like the Joe Bidens, the LGBTQ plus activists who are in our schools telling kids that um, they were born into the wrong body. And the Freedom Foundation's uh, work has kept money away from union bosses and kept it in your wallet, pocket, purse, whatever. About a thousand dollars a month or a year is what you'll save. So go to optouttoday.com and thank you to the Freedom Foundation for their support of the Ohio Press Network. Uh, Mark in Cleveland concerns about DeWine. Mark, first of all, thank you for calling. Uh, second, what's on your mind today? Hey, Jack. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, yeah, look, I'm just really upset about everything Mike DeWine is doing lately. I, I hope the legislature impeaches him. Um, but listen, I think that all these Republicans who are running and asking for our vote in November really need to speak up about this. I'm wondering if you think there's anything to uh, whether they're even going to take his endorsement in the primary coming up. Do you think they should refuse his endorsement? Wow. Uh, Mark, great, great question. Um, So let me let me handle a couple of those. You said that they need to speak up about this. I agree. Uh, I agree that if you are a Republican, that you need to say, look, um, this is this is an issue. It's a serious issue. Certainly, the government does not need to overstep. But given the social contagion and activism that's going on and the fact that hospitals now we, we know children's hospitals are referring kids into care without parental consent and involvement, um, yes, they absolutely need to speak up. You raise a great question about endorsement, right? Should should a Republican candidate refuse the endorsement of Mike DeWine? Whew, that's a tough question. Um, 
if I were running, I would. I wouldn't want any. I, I wouldn't want him on my brand. Now he probably wouldn't want anything to do with my brand because I love the Lord, but I swear like a sailor when I'm not on the radio. But um, I, I think right now, and here's how I, here's how I'm going to break this down. Mike DeWine's handling of COVID is is very similar to how he's behaving now. If Mike DeWine had been primaried in the midst of COVID, he would have lost. Well, because the Republican primary was far enough away from some of his worst COVID decisions, he was able to uh, you know make up some ground. People forget a little bit; they get back to freedoms and somewhat normal. And oh, it wasn't as bad, or you know, I just want to forget about it. Let's move on. And by the way, Nan Whaley's crazy. So if you don't vote for Dewine, you're going to have a crazy person in the governor's chair. All those factors helped him. But I, th- I feel like he's back to that square right now, Mark. I feel like he's back at that moment in time where people are going, what are you doing? You are choosing to allow our kids to receive care that hospitals are going to profit from with these gender reassignment surgeries. You're allowing drug makers to pump our kids full of drugs. By the way, uh, puberty is a natural process that helps not only physical maturation, but brain maturation and and hormones that your body is hardwired to receive uh, are going to do better in your body. And when you dump in an opposite hormone that your body isn't hardwired to receive, it doesn't work out well. Um, so for me, I think his I think his endorsement right now would be toxic and I wouldn't take it. And I would suggest that others wouldn't take it. Uh, but how do you feel, Mark? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Is he still with us? Is Mark still with us? How do you feel about hey, this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Listen, I, I'm just really concerned and upset. It just looks like the Marxists have fully infiltrated the governor's office, and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, I, I really think that whether it's J.D. Vance, uh, whether it's uh, Frank LaRose, any of these guys, Bernie Marino, like anyone who wants me to vote for them in March, I, I think they need to be loud and clear that, like we can't have Marxists running the governor's office in this state, and that Mike DeWine, that he just needs to get lost. So that's interesting. I'm glad that you brought it to that level. I was thinking uh, state house representatives. You're saying J.D. Vance, current U.S. Senator Frank LaRose, Bernie Marino, uh, GOP candidates for Sherrod Brown's seat. The, one of those guys and, and or Matt Dolan will end up taking on Sherrod Brown. So what you're saying is these national guys need to stand in alignment and come out against DeWine. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, I think anyone who's asking for our vote, you know, if, if they want me to show that they like, they are a constitutional Republican, you know, who's going to fight for me and, and fight for our freedoms and fight for our kids, uh, that they need to take a stand on this. So that, that includes J.D. Vance, that includes Matt Dolan, any of these guys. Mark, point well taken. Fantastic question. Um. It, it, it will be interesting. So there, there's there's the next question when we get Frank LaRose back, when we get Bernie Marino back, when we get J.D. Vance back. We've had them all on the show. Um, Mr. Vance, Mr. LaRose, Mr. Marino, are you going to speak out against Mike DeWine choosing whatever drove his decision, whether it's he's aligned with the medical industrial complex and Big Pharma or, as one of his former advisors told me, he's just too old. He's too disconnected. He thinks that this isn't a big issue. 
And in that case, I say, if that's really how you think and you are running the state, you are disqualified to run or to, to, to be in that position. If you don't understand the magnitude of what you are doing with respect to House Bill 68 and the other grotesque thing that I want to remind everybody about with House Bill 68 is the as the father of two school-aged girls and one school-aged boy, the boy at 11 doesn't want to compete against girls and the girls shouldn't have to compete against boys to get a spot on the team, to compete for a college scholarship, to uh, win a trophy or not win a trophy. And worse, you want to see me go off the reservation, walk into a locker room where one of my daughters is. That's not going to go well for you. But Mike DeWine doesn't care. Mike DeWine does not care. And I want to remind you, Save Women's Sports was added to the name, image, and likeness bill that would have allowed college athletes to get money for their names, their images, their likeness, right? Basically profit from their athleticism with college athletics. And DeWine didn't sign the bill. Instead, he issued an executive order. So he had a chance to get this Save Women's Sports Act over the finish line, and he didn't do it. And you have to ask yourself, why not? And I've talked to Riley Gaines. She's a hero in my book. She said, when I saw William Thomas there in the locker room, fully intact, changing in front of me, I realized nobody was going to do anything about it but me. And she stood in the gap and said, this is wrong. For 50 years, we celebrated Title IX. Title IX is something that Congress passed, and it allowed women to have sports. It allowed women to have their own rights with respect to privacy and participation. And through an executive order, the Biden administration said, we're not going to do that. We're going to allow somebody that thinks that they have a gender different than their biological sex to have these same rights. And in doing that in one swoop, he did probably the most misogynistic thing I've ever seen. He said, women, you don't matter. Your privacy doesn't matter. Your ability to compete for that scholarship doesn't matter. And Riley Gaines, when you tie in the 200 meter, William Thomas, and you both hit the wall at the same time, William's getting celebrated. William's doing the photo op. William's getting the trophy because William's story is more important than your right to compete as a woman. And Mike DeWine's not doing anything about that. Mark, you make a salient point, and it doesn't take very much for me to get wound up about Governor Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine is a Marxist who says that he believes in life and gun rights, but he is not making wise choices, and I would not want my brand aligned with his. Welcome back. Phone lines are open. Mark, thank you again for your call. I'm honored you're listening in Cleveland. That's fantastic. That's super fantastic. 844-TALK-989. That's 
And uh, Mark said, look, I need somebody to stand up and say if you're a constitutional Republican, if you're a constitutional conservative and you support Mike DeWine, that's bad news bears. I need J.D. Vance, Frank LaRose, Bernie Marino, Matt Dolan to stand up and say, no, Mike DeWine is wrong. And whatever, however Marxism infiltrated uh, the governor's mansion, it, it needs eradicated. No more. Uh, it's going to take a, a set of Jones to do that. I can tell you that. Uh, Mike DeWine, is, uh, he's been in politics as long as I've been alive. He's got the D.C. swamp stink on him. Remember, he was a, he was a senator. Uh, he and Joey, Joey Biden were buddies. Uh, in fact, you remember? You remember uh, the picture of, of Mike DeWine and, and Joe Biden shaking hands? And um, after Biden was elected, Governor DeWine was appointed to his COVID circle panel, whatever you want to call it. Anthony Fauci fingered Mike DeWine way back at the beginning of COVID in an email saying he's the guy, that guy over there, that governor, he'll, he'll be sympathetic to our cause. Um, so I think the question is, do they have the cajones to stand up and say, this is what we cannot do anymore? And why can we not do that? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad Mark asked the question because it, it made me remember that I had this. Um, I want to take you back. I got to try to get a date on this. This is going to be circa 2021. And uh, it, this is Ohio Department of Health director. This would have been holy Toledo. June 21st, 2021. That seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? So Ohio Health Department Director, Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, standing on a track at Worthington High School, talking about the vaccines that were so anticipated. Remember, we got to have it. We got to wear the masks because those work. Industrial hygienists said, no, they don't. I stood up multiple times and said, Dad, it doesn't support that. <laughs> it just doesn't support it. But then, but then we're going to get these vaccines. And uh, I want to remind you what Bruce Vanderhoff said then and, in fact, is still saying today. This is Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, director of the Ohio Department of Health. And uh, this is cut three. First and foremost... I want to reaffirm that the vaccines that we have available to us are safe and they're very, very effective. And I want to remind everyone that they were developed in a way that assured that absolutely no corners were cut in their development. The development of these vaccines, which are truly remarkable vaccines, entailed all the usual safety steps. The safety steps that we would see, for example, for vaccines that I think have become fairly commonplace, measles, polio, uh, whooping cough. And these are all... That's our very own Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff. Uh, and, And to sum it up, here's cut four. First and foremost, I want to reaffirm that the vaccines that we have available to us are safe and they're very, very effective. At the Ohio Press Network, when uh, DeMar Hamlin went down, everybody remembers that. DeMar Hamlin goes down. We had an award-winning writer, Lisa Murtha, do a report. 
And she did what journalists are supposed to do. She had some curiosity. Nothing definitive, not like, hey, this is the issue and this is the answer. She didn't talk down and shout down to people from the mountaintop like the arrogant press does today. She said, can we have this conversation about how a guy that is healthy passes out, essentially has a heart attack? And um, during that interview, she talked with a cardiologist who, you know, he's got the resume, right? He's been president of the the association, been in practice for three, four decades and he's going, mm, why, why is there no curiosity outside of these private conversations? Why can't doctors talk and say, you know, we've got some issues with the efficacy and safety of these vaccines? And uh, fast forward to a few months ago, the New York Times kind of quietly said, yeah, yeah, there's some issues with myocarditis in particularly uh, males who are teenagers. And, you know, there are some seizures with newborns, but there's nothing to see there. That's pretty normal. What? So, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to very quietly say these probably aren't that safe. And now what we know is actually these aren't vaccines. You know, a vaccine, the whole premise of a vaccine, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm giving you that qualifier, is that you put a little bit in. And the response within your body to that little bit creates a barrier. It creates uh, some more robust immunity, right? So you get a little bit in and your natural immunity starts building up. And that's that's how the, the vaccines work. This doesn't do that. This uses a technology that... I'm going to refer you to a video at the end of this segment that you really need to watch that some experts in the medical community say the mRNA technology was a solution looking for a problem that was big enough that would allow it to have emergency use authorization and that would be dispatched to a large enough group of people to get it into the marketplace, right? Because, you know, um, the whole racket of pharma is that they own all these chemicals and compounds within certain combinations, right? Call it like intellectual property. And they invest a lot in this intellectual property and they're trying to get a return on that investment, which is why when the vaccines came out, things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, things that had some efficacy, they had to be downplayed by the medical industrial complex because the patents on those were essentially out and had run out. And so there wasn't a lot of profit to be milked from them that you needed this solution. And, uh, you know, here is our, here's our supposed to be resident medical expert. First and foremost, I want to reaffirm that the vaccines that we have available to us are safe and they're very, very effective. And these weren't vaccines. These were mRNA transfer agents. So they were messenger. It was a me- messenger compound that told that this cell told this cell to produce this type of mRNA. That's not a vaccine by the traditional use of the word. And not only were they not absolutely safe and absolutely effective, they weren't even a vaccine. But you wouldn't have known that by this uh, brilliant DeWine administration lackey, Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff. More on the other side of this break. 